This is Mental Work, the podcast unpacking the challenges faced by early career psychologists. And I'm your host, Dr. Bronwyn Milkins. Hello, mental workers, and welcome back to the podcast. As ever, I'm very excited to bring you this episode. We're going to be talking about working as a young psychologist, so a psychologist in your 20s. What's the advantages, the challenges, and how to navigate it? And we've got our wonderful guest here with us today. Their name is Kathleen Rippon. Hi, Kathleen. Hey. Can you just tell listeners who you are? Yeah. Um, so I am a provisional psychologist. I am studying the four plus two pathway to get my general registration. And I guess I'm also like a content creator, YouTuber. Um, I like to make little movies, but I also like to film uh, videos that help psychology students. I'm really passionate about, I guess, supporting psychology students. So that's something that I like to try and do in my free time on top of trying to um, work towards getting the general registration and getting all my four plus two work done. But I'm nearly there, six months left, and then I'll, I should be I should get my general registration. Wow. Congratulations. It just sounds nuts when you put it like that. It's like, I like making videos on top of all my four plus two requirements when it's like four plus two is so onerous. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot more than I anticipated, but I think video making is kind of like my happy place. It's like my identity outside of psychology. And I find that pretty helpful uh, to take a step back and, and take a deep breath. And yeah, that's the place I go to to unwind. <laughs> no, that is yeah. so cool. And listeners, the reason why I asked Kathleen to come on was because I saw that she did a video, which was making it as a young psychologist. And I was like, this is genius stuff. I really loved it. I loved all your other videos as well, Kathleen. They're just super cool. No, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I had a lot of fun making that one in particular. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, we got to talk about this because I think it relates to a lot of early career psychs as well, because a lot of them are in their twenties. We do have some older early career psychs, but when you think about it, I reckon the majority of early career psychs would be in their twenties. Yeah, I can relate. I'm, I'm still in my twenties just, I'm yeah. 30 next year, but oh, I'm wow. still, I'm still, at the, I'm at the tail end of my twenties. So <laughs> I can definitely relate. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. Cause then we can get your perspective in the moment as a young psychologist. And for me, I did my master's when I was 25 turning 26. And then I did my whole provisional registration, I guess like in my late twenties. And now I am 32, which sounds like so old. Like when I was 16, if I had learned that a 32 year old was me, I would be like, God, you're so old. Oh no, yeah. Yeah. Actually I know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> but now I'm like at the end of 29, I'm like, no, that's still young. Yeah. <laughs> that's still young, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so Kathleen, I guess we're really keen today, I guess first just to talk about how does the public perceive young psychologists? And then we're going to go into some advantages, disadvantages, and just some general, I guess, tips, hints on how to navigate it. Sound good? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing that I wanted to talk with you about was, you know, something you just brought up with me off mic, but it was this idea that there might be some stigma in the general public against young psychologists. What do you, what have you heard or what do you think the perception is of young psychologists? Yeah, it's, it's tricky. And I really want to be careful here. I don't want to make generalizations. However, I do find that there is a bit of a, uh, perhaps there's a little bit of a perception of 
um, people that are, are younger or um, or look a bit young that they might be a little bit more naive, have a little less life experience. Uh, I was watching this TikTok the other day and um, the, a person was posting their experience of so seeing a psychologist um, and the, they had a ne really negative time. They were venting on TikTok. I'm not going to go into the details of that, but in the comments section, I was reading through and a lot of people were posting or sharing about how psychologists just go into this profession young, they get swept up in academia and they don't have enough quote unquote like life experience. So I don't want to make a generalization. However, I do think going into the role, uh, or at least from my own experience, I felt very nervous to enter this profession because to some extent, when you are young, you don't have as much life experience as someone who's a bit older. And that can be such a useful thing in this profession. Um, so I, I felt like that is is part of this conversation. And there's the other part that the general public don't see in that as a, as a young psychologist, there is a sense of pressure to do a lot of, we do so much study to get into this role. And it is really important to our work because we operate under the scientist practitioner model. So it is really important that the work that we do is guided by the science. And I think that is the tricky part that uh, perhaps the public don't fully appreciate. Uh, perhaps it is something, you know, psychology, I think, is a discipline that's also still evolving. So there's a lot that kind of comes into it. And I really don't want to, I don't want to generalize this argument too much because I think there's some nuances, but I think this is part of what makes it tricky entering this profession as a young psychologist because people can obviously see that you're still quite young. You're still finding your feet perhaps. Um, and perhaps you you are you, may, you might look like you haven't had enough life experience to be doing this role. I think that's sort of what can make it a little bit tricky coming into this role in your 20s. Yeah, I fully agree. And I think it's really important to examine the public's perception of psychologists and particularly young psychologists. And again, just generalizing, but we know that some people like those people who posted on the TikTok video would be like, look, they just don't have enough real life experience. Some other things I've heard in the general public are like, they're inexperienced, they're unqualified, they haven't seen life, who are they to give me advice? They're too book heavy, that kind of stuff. And when we have those general perceptions. They're things that as young psychologists, we can pick up and be like, oh, maybe I am too young to be giving advice. Like, I wonder if those are some of the things that you felt. I think that was my fear going into the role. Absolutely. That I think every every young psychologist listening to this will relate that sense of imposter syndrome. Like, should I actually be here? Can yeah. I do this job? And that was something that actually, uh, almost terrified me of going into this role. I think part of um, part of my sort of my hypervigilance around this was that my mom is a clinical psychologist. I kind of grew up seeing the journey she'd gone on, seeing sort of what psychology world is like, uh, which is really cool in one sense. But in another sense, I was really cautious about stepping into this world. So I was I was quite hesitant. And that's part of the reason why I actually chose to do the four plus two. I had the op option to... Uh, well, I, I had the chance to apply for like a clinical PhD. A lot of people were encouraging me to do that uh, when I was in my mid-20s. And I intentionally chose to go off script a bit and move overseas and, and live this whole different life outside of psychology for a while because I was quite scared to go into the profession. In the end, I came back to Australia and I did. I decided to actually do the 4 plus 2 
uh, for lots of different reasons, but part of it was that I wanted to just get a test taste of what doing clinical sort of work was like to see if I actually really liked it and if I wanted to one day go on into a clinical PhD. So before I went into it, I remember having a conversation with a really good friend and she she went and done her clinical uh, PhD. She's amazing. And I spoke to her about what it was like and I, I shared with her how nervous I was and how worried I was about how the general public might perceive me in this role. And she shared with me that, you know what, going into this profession quite young can be an advantage in some respects. Uh, she shared with me that, uh, I'm trying to find the right words of how to put it, but there's a sense of curiosity. There's a, a sense of um, eagerness wanting to come into the role and try and do a really good job by your clients. There's a sense of energy that perhaps we have as, as young psychologists. And I, I, she, she told me that she noticed from her own experiences that working um, as a young psychologist gave her that slight advantage that older psychologists, and again, I don't want to make generalizations oh, no. here, yeah. but yeah, just that they might not always have that sense of curiosity or freshness, I guess, in going into the role, that sense of eagerness and wanting to, to try and understand the client's perspective. Just commenting on that, it's like when when I think of that, I'm like, wow, that's that really rings true for me because it's like, let's say you're a person who say is a parent and then you are seeing adolescent clients and you've got an adolescent child yourself, like you might carry expectations of what that client is experiencing or dealing with. Whereas say a younger psychologist who say doesn't have a child might just come in completely fresh and have that curiosity. Yeah, it's it's this beautiful term I've only learned recently, cultural humility. I I think it's a an amazing term because it basically means to to really put yourself in another person's shoes, to really try and understand the world from their world from their perspective, which obviously like psych 101, that's what you want to try and do in a first session. But I don't think we always appreciate it enough, really trying to understand someone else's perspective. And yeah, as someone who's a younger psychologist talking to an adolescent, um, they might have us. Um, they might be able to pick up or or sort of understand or build rapport in a different way to uh, an older psychologist would. And again, you know, we don't want to make generalizations here. There's pros and cons to both parts of life, but I think trying to sort of own some of the advantages of being a young psychologist in this role is important because there are some things that we bring to this role that I think are really cool, and that could be. Uh, a little bit more energy or a little bit more freshness into the role where we're trying to really understand a person's perspective. But I just think it's a cool way of reframing things that helped me maybe break free of imposter syndrome, I guess, in the end, when I eventually did go on and start working as a provisional psychologist. Yeah. And I think that echoes why it's so important to talk about it. I'm really glad your clean psych friend was able to give you that reframing and perspective. It does sound like it really helped, but it's like, if we've internalized, say this public perception that we don't have any life experience, that we're unqualified, we're inexperienced, focusing on some of the advantages can be super helpful. So it can be like, look, maybe I've got a unique way of connecting with clients. Maybe I've got a freshness and a curiosity that helps me to build rapport with particular clients as well. So I know that when I've worked with children and adolescents, for example, when I was a provisional psych, like 26, 27, the parents were like, and honestly, mistakenly, because I don't know anything about like, even though I was 26, 27, I didn't know anything about like adolescent culture. 
Um, but they were like, you'll be able to relate with them. And I was like, yeah, of course. Um, but it was just that perception, but it actually helped build rapport. Oh, oh yeah. It's adolescents are a tough crowd. Yeah, I, I avoid them because I'm definitely not cool enough. Yeah. Not cool enough I'm also them. not cool enough. But they'd be like, I didn't even know who Billie Eilish was when I was like doing work with oh, teenagers. No. And they were like, yeah, Billie. And I'm like, who the hell is Billie? It, the, yeah. Honestly, teenagers terrify me in the best of ways. Like they're great, but I, I'd be too nervous to work with them at the moment. Maybe yeah. that will change but right now. No, I hear you, Kathleen. Yeah. I don't like working with them now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess back to your point, like, do you see that there are any other advantages of being an early, I guess, or a younger psychologist? Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, part of it is that freshness, that eagerness, that curiosity that we can really tap into. We've, we've got the energy on our side because we're in our early 20s. Yeah. Um, it goes away. <laughs> it really does. Um, yeah. I'm stepping into my 30s and I'm starting to feel it, but I'm, st- I'm still in the 20s, not quite there yet. But um, yeah, I think um, another part to it too, and I, look, this will probably vary for everyone in their 20s. Uh, the 20s is such a random decade, but what's so cool about them is that you can literally make it whatever you want it to be. You can make it like your own adventure. You can do that with your whole life. But specifically in your 20s, it's like a cool time in your life where you can go and move to the other side of the world if you want to. You can go and study X, Y, Z. You can start a YouTube channel if you want to. Like you can really make the 20s what you want it to be and be quite creative and, and take a little bit more risk perhaps. Um, so I guess uh, responsible risk, but I guess um, something that I found to be really helpful is just that um, flexibility that you might not have as much of as you enter later stages in life, like your thirties or your forties. You might be, you might be paying off a mortgage, or you might be, you know, married with kids. Um, who knows? I know the world is changing a lot, and so are norms. But I think in your twenties, that is a great time to get really creative and. I found that to be an advantage in an advantage in the sense that it's allowed me to experiment with lots of different things uh, outside of psychology as well as inside psychology, try lots of different things out. And that in itself has helped me relate to my clients in a different way. It's helped me get to know myself and spend a bit more time working on myself, which is really useful for this profession. Any self-work you can do goes a long way in helping clients. It's it's really unique to everyone, but perhaps we have a slight advantage in that we can be a little bit more creative with, with, the, with the decade. We can step out of our comfort zone a bit more. We can go and you know, just go on that crazy adventure, um, do that thing that you've been dying to do, challenge yourself a little bit more. And I think that those are things that help make a really good psychologist being able to put yourself out of your comfort zone uh, and really challenge yourself a little bit. You've got more scope perhaps to to do that in your 20s if you've got a little bit of freedom and, and time, uh, which we tend to lose more of as we get a bit older. So I really think that helps uh, helps you in the role as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I just feel ultra proud of you that you were able to see the pressures that were coming towards you, particularly having a parent who's a psychologist, I guess, like understanding where you could go, you could do that clinical PhD and then go down that path. But being like, look, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to go outside my comfort zone and just go see the world and move to a different country. That's nuts. 
and also really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, best decision I ever made. And absolutely, at the time, it was, uh, it felt like in my gut, it felt like the right thing to do. But um, to everyone else, it probably looked a little bit crazy because I remember a lot of people in my honors cohort thought I was going to keep going. Um, and I was just so burnt out coming out of honors. I don't know what you were like. No, totally burnt out. <laughs> yeah, yes, totally burnt yeah. out. I needed a break. Honors is hands down the hardest year. It really is. I think like I, I haven't done a master's yet. I'd love to, but I genuinely think honors, the pressure to get a first class, only psychology students will understand yeah. that. It's so amplified and uh, my mental health was, like, to be really honest, my mental health wasn't great. And I really wanted to work on that as well before yeah. becoming a psychologist. I wanted to sort of make that the priority. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. And yeah, it didn't, like on paper, it looked a bit odd because I was really going off script. I quit my, I had a really good job at the time. I quit my job. Um, I literally sold everything I earned and I ended up in London like and you know one there after backpacking around Asia doing a bit of a, like an eat pray love chapter like it was so <laughs> random like I just did like really random things because I wanted to sort of get out of my comfort zone ended up in the UK didn't know anyone and started my life over from scratch but I think what was good about that too was it also gave me the chance to develop my identity outside of psychology student and psychologist and I think if you can try and do that if you have the opportunity and the time to to learn different parts of yourself outside of this profession in a weird way that really does complement and help you in the role and I'm not basing this of science or peer-reviewed studies and I know that's important to the profession this is just from pure personal experience I think it's important to go with what your gut feels right but for me one of my values was adventure and was to put myself out there and to try different things and to get kind of uncomfortable. That was really, really important to me. So yeah, I made that the priority in my 20s. And uh, that that's changed the way I relate to people in my role, because it's just brought about, a, I guess, a, a richness from doing that, that, I, that I, I didn't have before. So that's really, really helped. But I think people have lots of different ways that they can can do that. I think it's all comes back to diversifying your experiences in whatever way that looks like for you. And in your 20s, you've got perhaps you've got a little bit more scope to do that um, because it is that time in your life where things are perhaps a little less structured. You might have a little less responsibility. You might be able to, you know, to just try out different things. And that's so important to this role. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. So when we're talking about the imposter syndrome that might come with being a young psychologist, you've found that diversifying your experiences, doing some self-work, pushing yourself outside your comfort zone, developing an additional role outside of being a psychologist has just really benefited like yourself, but also your client work. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's helped me take the focus off of myself. Like it's helped me tap less into that little voice and we all have that little voice in our head that tells us we're not good enough to do something or I don't know whatever your voice tells you but mine would, would beat me up and I think pushing myself out of my comfort zone and just um learning to get a bit more uncomfortable and learn how to get out of my head a bit I don't know if other people found this but I think all the study you do to become a psychologist uh in the past it would really draw me into my head and I get caught up in my own thoughts and feelings and sort of get caught up in my own bubble and my own stuff but uh, giving myself the freedom to get out of my head a bit more and kind of get involved in my own life and sort of 
live life, you know, just kind of live life a little bit more. That just kind of helped me, I guess, fall back on this different part of myself that I didn't even know existed until I uh, I went overseas and, and learned that Kathleen is a little bit more extroverted than she realized. And she, you know, she she's good at, you know, just doing some different things that I didn't realize before. So I think, yeah, diversifying your experience is, can help you uh, to learn a little bit more about yourself. And that in turn can help you feel a little bit more confident in what you're doing. And this is just coming from personal experience. I'm conscious that I, I'm not backing this up. Oh, no, that's science. okay. We're very interested in your personal experiences on this podcast, Kathleen. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because right, <laughs> <laughs> you're the one living it. So, yeah, no, we're really excited. There's a richness in that too, I guess. It's kind of like qualitative data, I suppose. So, yeah. It's also really cool to diversify your experiences, I think, because then you can empathize with your clients because quite often we ask clients to do super scary things and change their mindset and change their behaviors. And by pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, you get to know what it's like to be in the hot seat and what it's like to experience change. Because I bet like moving to London, it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies. No, um, you've highlighted something I'm so passionate about. I'm like a massive believer in practicing what you preach. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like moving to London was terrifying. And you yeah. know, it, was a, it was a little bit naive as well. Like I didn't have a lot of money. I knew no one. I was literally starting my whole life again from scratch. And I, I'd also had to like learn to create a new identity for myself because before then my identity was completely psychology student like it was all about being a psychologist and I remember I remember reaching a point during my honors year towards the end where I realized if I lost psychology I would be completely distraught like I would have no sense of self because this is all I know and I don't know like I think to some extent you have to sort of be all consumed by psychology sometimes to get through it because it's quite intense yeah just kind of realizing that was affecting my self-esteem a lot made me think, okay, I have to change this. If I was working with a client, I'd be wanting to help them see that there is a life outside of this. How can I do that for myself? So for me, the answer was to move overseas, but that's quite drastic. I'd like, I don't necessarily (laughs) think you have to do that. (laughs) That's why it's quite personal, whatever works for you. For For me, that was the thing, but yeah, it's quite a unique journey. Yeah, no, but I think that's so important as well because, you know, when you are working as a psychologist, the risk of burnout is quite high in our profession. And I think if you're mm-hmm. only seeing clients day in, day out, and then doing your paperwork and admin on top of that, it can, yeah, just really increase your risk of burnout. So we need to have those other identities, whether it's like art, writing, music, catching up with friends and family, collecting stamps, whatever brings you joy, like having those other things can just really, I guess, provide some rejuvenation. I love the idea of collecting stamps. That's such a cool, <laughs> that's such an awesome hobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Ronwood, I completely agree. I, I really think that that is the thing I'd be advocating for young psychologists go and find um the things that help you revive and uh feel re-energized again and that there's there's parts to your identity outside psychology that you can tap into and when you get good at taking off psychology hat and coming home and putting on I don't know stamp collector hat or like baking (laughs) hat or whatever hat it is like go and tap into those other parts of your identity that make you you because they help you they help you 
manage burnout because that's that's such a you know that is a tricky part to navigate especially as a young psychologist uh that's a really good point so yeah definitely learning uh the parts of me outside of psychology really helped um me navigate the role as a young psychologist in my 20s mm. uh, and the advantage there you know being in your 20s is that you probably have a little bit more time to figure that out you've you know you've you you might have a little less responsibility or you know you might have a little bit more energy whatever it is but you probably do have a little bit more of a chance perhaps than when you do when you're older and I know I'm generalizing that but hopefully yeah you've got a bit of a bit more of a chance yeah but I guess what we're speaking to overall is that like maybe we're told this story that you do honors you do masters and then you're a psychologist and it's very much like a to b pathway but I think what we're saying is that look guys you do have an opportunity to not do that a to b you can go a go explore things create your identity outside of psychology, learn about yourself, gain some more experiences, and then you can decide what it is that you want to do. Yeah, like you can be so creative with this pathway. That's something I'm passionate about advocating on my YouTube channel. You know, even if you've got your general registration or you are a clinical psychologist, you still have scope, especially in your 20s, to go and still have that crazy adventure or go and do that thing that felt scary. You can still um, do things a different way. Or, yeah, or, you know, if you're a student, you can take your time with it. You don't have to rush through and you know, try and get through it as quickly as possible. And I could go on a whole other tangent about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but overall, I would recommend don't, but it's totally what I did. I was like, you know, do calculating my hours every Friday. And I was like, okay, like only 15 more hours, get it next week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yep. <laughs> but you can actually take your time. And it's what I would totally recommend if I could do the pathway again. So I did the five plus one pathway, but if I could do it again, there's so much to learn in psychology that I just be like, take it easy. Like you don't have to rush this. Yeah, that's the other thing that I would say too to young psychologists. Uh, remember there are other there are other uh, there are other elements of psychology outside of clinical psychology. Uh, there's so many different areas of psychology that you can explore. And if you're feeling a bit bad, like I guess there's not everyone knows there's not just clinical psychology, but there, there are so many different companies and different things you can do and work for and so many different things you can try out. I remember that psychology is such a diverse field within itself. So if you're finding one thing kind of like if you're feeling like you're burning out a little bit, there's lots of different areas you could tap into and explore and try out. Get creative and, and go for that because I think that also is, is a really great thing to do too, especially while you're young and you're trying to figure out what your niche is. Um, don't be afraid to really broaden, you know, broaden yourself or try out lots of different things or uh, get creative with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, finding your niche is just one of my gripes. I hate the idea that you sit down and you just look at a list or something and then you try and work out what your niche is. Like, I think for me, I'm just like, it's something that you develop or gain insight into through doing. Um, and through having experiences and then you work out what it is that you like and what you're drawn to, not by being like, okay, I'm going to niche in uh, this. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> my, my mom always says to me, she says, look, at some point you're just, it's just going to snap for you and yeah. you're just going to figure it out. And I completely agree just through trying things out and realizing there's so much out there. So much. I didn't, I did not appreciate that. I think actually living in the UK really helped me because they do psychology different over there. 
And I didn't realize how you know different that world was. So there's there's a lot you can do with psychology and appreciate that. Um, and the cool thing about starting in this profession young is that you've got the advantage to delve into different pockets of psychology throughout your career because it's so diverse. I absolutely love this profession. It's it's such a great <laughs> field to be in. It totally yeah. is. Yeah, no, I can really hear that passion coming through, Kathleen. Um, I did want to um, do a bit of a 360 and ask you, you know how we're talking about that clients might be like, okay, maybe you have no idea what you're doing. I'm just curious, have you ever experienced any prejudice from your clients or, or like have anybody ever said like, oh, Kathleen can't do that because she's young? Really good question. Uh, I think what uh, what's helped me a lot in this profession, I've got a bit of an advantage, right? Because because my mom's a clinical psych, yeah, so I've got a lot of her help, and I don't take that for granted. That's so amazing. I think <laughs> what what I've like it's I'm really lucky. Like I can't I I know it, so I I yeah I remind myself of that. But I think what I've seen is my colleagues who are in their early 20s and I've seen instances where they felt uh, felt a bit of prejudice or felt perhaps just a, a little bit more of that imposter syndrome or a little bit more feeling of what am I doing or just just feeling like they might be perceived as as a bit too young to be in this role and I guess it's also in the industry I'm working in I do work with a lot of um, older people yeah look I, I've observed it in my colleagues um, maybe I felt it a little bit myself once or twice here and there. Um, I think my like things that probably helped me is that I am doing this work in my late twenties. So I, I recognize that's a significant advantage. And I think if you're sort of in your younger twenties, your mid twenties, your young, uh, early twenties, I should say, I think if you're sort of in that age range, uh, it, it can be a little bit harder and a little bit trickier, uh, to navigate. And I think it sort of comes back to reminding yourself that you've got lots of resources available. Hopefully you've got like a, you've got supervision, you've got peer supervision as well. Pulling on resources like that also really enriches your practice and your experience. And I think that's how I've watched younger psychologists um, navigate it. Like, and I include myself in that group because that's how I've handled it too. When I have a tricky presentation, I go above and beyond to prepare. And I'm sure a lot of other psychologists are the same. I will do a lot of research. I'll talk to people that um, can help. Um, I'll look at different resources. I'll look at how I want to set up my case, like how what my case formulation is and how I'm going to work out my treatment plan for them. So I really go above and beyond in preparing. And that's how I've handled clients that are a little bit trickier. And I think that's how younger oh, colleagues I, I'm including myself in the young bracket because I'm still in my 20s and I am still quite young. But I've also seen that's how colleagues in their mid-20s or even the early 20s have handled it as well. That extra step of preparation that I think can really, uh, really help. And I think that also comes back to that energy that we bring to the role. Um, the fact that we do go above and beyond to support a client, that shows in the client. They can see they can see all that work that you put into the session. That doesn't go unnoticed. I found um, I found clients will step back and reflect and say, wow, like you've done a lot of practical things to support me here. Like I'm really glad that you've come up with a bit of a treatment plan and you've got X, Y, Z things to share with me. Um, I think they notice that and that's how... Um, I feel like that's how sometimes you can win clients over a little bit by showing them that you're, go you're coming into the session really prepared. 
I think that makes a big difference to clients when they see that. Yeah, I agree. Because I always think from a client's perspective, it's like they're thinking, can you help me? And if we show them, hey, I've thought about this really hard, I've gotten support, here's how I think I can help you, you're right, it doesn't go unnoticed by clients. And I've had clients directly give me feedback being like, I really appreciate the efforts that you've gone through with this. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 I think that's, um, yeah, I think it does really show, like it, it stands out for them. It's really good to hear that you haven't experienced, I guess, prejudice for your age directly and maybe you felt it but it hasn't been directly said to you is that right yeah there's it's probably been once or twice you know or maybe a few times where I felt it a little bit and I really focused on letting that go that that brings me to another point I was going to mention too you know sometimes I am quite well I'm always honest with clients and say look I'm a provisional psychologist I'm still in training I say to them, I've got a great, you know, I work with my supervisor closely I um, to make sure I provide the best service to you. So I think they know that I'm still in training. They know that I've got good resources and support. And yeah, I think that part to it too, that honesty. Um, I don't want to go into a client and say, hey, I'm an excellent psychologist. Um, yeah, off the bat. I want to Obviously, I think every psychologist, especially provisional, would want to be honest and say, hey, I'm a provisional psychologist or, hey, I'm a general registered psychologist or a clinical psychologist. Um, I've got this amount of experience. So you're upfront and you're kind of honest with them. Um, I think clients also kind of appreciate that honesty too. I agree. I think they do as well. And sometimes clients, like I've had when I was a provisional psychologist, I had a uh, client who I said like I'm a student and they were like good it means you'll be more attentive and I was like sure oh wow yeah that's that's fantastic yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that yeah that that part is so true that I think there is a sense that younger psychologists like you know we want to do a really good job we want to yeah. try and learn it as much as we can yeah that's really awesome I'm glad she said that <laughs> yeah me too I was like okay <laughs> but I think there is that perception that sometimes clients have which is that maybe a psychologist who's been doing this for 30 40 years might not see them as a unique individual and I think there might be mm. a perception by the public that maybe young psychologists would see them as that individual and not apply the knowledge that they've or the biases that they have from other clients onto them so I mean I think that's a really good advantage even if it's not true but it's a perception cool yeah I think that's a that's an excellent point it's another nuance to the argument that we haven't really gone into but that's another part to it too it's why we can't necessarily make generalizations about clients yeah there's so many different parts that come into this but that's a really good point there's also a perception in the public that uh yes younger psychologists are wanting to do really well they're wanting to do their best by yeah. you they're, they're wanting to go above and beyond and try and give that extra layer of support so I think that's a good point Kathleen is it all right if I share my experience with I guess being a younger psychologist when I was a younger psychologist <laughs> Yeah, please do. I'd love to hear what, what yours was like. I just wanted to share with listeners that my first placement as a five plus one psychologist was working with older adults in an older adult day program in a private hospital. And so I worked exclusively with older adults aged 65 plus and I was 26. And I was terrified because I was like, all these older people, they've got so much life experience. And here's me, 26-year-old Bronwyn, I look like a baby, just coming in and doing mental health sessions with them. And it was really interesting 
Mostly my advice will be, I recommend everybody work with older adults because it completely smashed all of my insecurities about my age. And here's what I learned, which is that it does not matter your age. All they want from you is for you to do a good job. They don't care how old you are. If you can facilitate a group, if you can help them with their mental health, they do not care. Um, also, don't patronize them. That was the other thing because they can oh, they can yep. pick up if you're patronizing. And I made that mistake very early on in my placement. And I don't think I was trying to be patronizing, but the client experienced it as patronizing and they told me so. And I made very certain to never do that again. Um, so you need to mutually respect your clients and not try treat them as though they don't know things, um, but give them the full respect that they deserve, um, which goes for everybody in ensuring their dignity. But as soon as I was working with older clients, I was just like, no, it's fine. And I actually had some great feedback from one of my patients, which was, they said to me that when I first came into the room, they were thinking, oh God, who's this young person? What have they got to say? And then then said to me, but as soon as you started, I was like, this is fantastic. And it was honestly the best piece of feedback. And I thanked them profusely for like providing that negative perception that they had on me and how it was corrected through experiencing my work. Um, and yeah, I guess like since then I haven't had any fears about working with older adults. Um, and so it's really just fine. I just make sure I just do whatever I do for everybody else, which is treat them with respect and dignity and try to give them the best help that I can. Mm. Oh, I'm so glad you, you added in that perspective. I think that is really, really helpful because you've had people, be able to say, oh, like, you know, you've experienced a bit of the judgment, yeah. but also sort of <laughs> how quickly it can change when they see, um, you know, see, because, you know, if you're working as a psychologist, you do have, you do have a great skill set, like you've worked hard to get there. You do, you have, yeah, you, you actually do know, know stuff, yeah. you actually know stuff. You do. Yeah, <laughs> and like, I always think as well that, you know, as psychologists, um, unless you're working in a peer education environment where you're directly using your personal experiences, say you're working as a drug and alcohol counsellor and the service um, expects or it's just a an expectation of the service that you use your personal experience in that way. Clients aren't coming to us for our personal experiences. We can certainly use that to build rapport and to self-disclose when it's appropriate, but they're not coming mm. exclusively to know that, you know, we skydive every weekend or something. Mm, yeah. Yeah. The session, that's exactly right. The session is all about them. And the more that you can uh, bring the attention back to them and approach it with curiosity and that uh, that attentiveness that I think we bring into the profession as young psychologists, perhaps, you know, we, we sort of bring that keenness and that w willingness to learn. And there's a beautiful phrase, actually. Um, the world is our classroom and people are our teachers or people are like our projects or whatever. I didn't quite quote that correctly, but <laughs> something like that. No, I get what um, you're saying. I've seen something like that as well, that, you know, when you get insecure and you've got the imposter syndrome, remember that clients are like your greatest teachers. Be curious. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that there's, um, I've seen clients kind of light up when I put all the focus on them and try and really understand their stories and, and want to, I want to understand their perspective and learn what they have to say. I think that in itself is, you know, that in itself is therapeutic, feeling really hard. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think um, that can be a really useful tool to, to tap into. Um, coming back to, yeah, 
I guess back to, I've raped on about this so much, but that energy and enthusiasm that, that you bring into this draw when you're young, I think is, is pretty cool. And we need to kind of own that more because it's, it's an, yeah, it's an awesome tool we have. Yeah, it is. It, it really is because we do come with so much hope. I found that as a provisional psychologist, I think this is a personality characteristic as well, but I was actually really good at instilling hope in people, depression, because it's like I just genuinely wow. felt that just in my general yeah. life. And I was like, of course you can get through this. You're in like shit valley right now, but you can get through it. And so I feel like, you know, maybe as a cohort, younger psychologists do carry that hope a lot with them. You know, maybe we haven't sort of been worn down by the world, so to speak, yeah, yet. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I, th um. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's time for that in the future. But I think in like your 20s, like, you know, you're still thinking the world is pretty all right most of the time. You've got that sort of that off, that young optimism. Maybe maybe there's a hint of naivety, but yes. um, perhaps that, that is a, like, perhaps that's a really useful thing. Um, of course, you know, you treat it with sensitivity and care, you know, especially with clients and with the work that we do but um you know clients being you know feeling there's a sense that um you believe in them and that uh, you hope the best for them and you want to do your best to support them that, I think that can really talk volumes to clients and yeah I think that's always been the tool I fall back on especially if I'm feeling well especially in the beginning I guess when I felt a bit nervous that my age was going to matter and then I think going through the process, you've summed it up so well, Bronwyn, sort of realizing working with older people actually, um, it kind of washes away any sense it of does. feeling like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not good enough or I don't know enough. Actually, um, I think working with older clients has really helped me, helped me step into this role a little bit more and stepped into my, into my psychologist hat, I suppose. Yeah, because you've worked with older clients as well, hey? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's like I don't know if I've, I don't think I've gone past sixty-five yet, but I have worked with clients in their fifties and sixties, and um, I, I think I have had one client say something quite similar to what you said earlier. Something to the effect of, "Oh, I came into this thinking, oh, she's just like a young, uh, something just about basically being like a young." woman still figuring herself out or whatever yeah that was her sort of her slight perception of me but um we worked together for probably uh, nearly 12 12 sessions I think in total we worked together for a while and over that period um yeah she shared with me that the tools that I'd helped her learn there were things that she didn't realize you know that that toolkit that I have developed through studying psychology yes. and I was able to instill that to her and I was able to remind her you're the expert in you I'm the expert in psychology and own that for myself, not try and feel too weighed down by imposter syndrome. Um, together, we're working as a team. Yeah, that's so important just to remember that. It's like you're not saying you're the expert on their life and like who they are and where they're going, and yeah. but you're the expert on the psychology. That's the unique thing that you bring to this relationship. Yeah, it's a collaborative process and we're going to treat it like teamwork, right? I always like to have that mindset with a client and honor the expertise they have in themselves because yeah, they, they are the expert in them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And I still do that these days. Like if a client tells me the situation, I'll be like, I trust your perception of that. Like, and I'll just openly say that to them. And I'm like, you know, what would happen more with your best friend than what I would. So I'm going to trust that perception. Yeah, absolutely. I think psychologists, not psychologists, I think clients, um, clients really appreciate that. So Again, yeah, I think that's another um, advantage I found uh, coming into the profession young. I think being able to uh, own, uh, learn to own 
my own intelligence around psychology, all the work and effort I've put into it and appreciate the client's perspective and their expertise in them and how it's a team effort. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a two-way street and that's so important in this work. Yeah. And I guess like, you know, if I'm to summarize that, it sounds like the insecurities, if we have any around our age, it's like, we need to realize that maybe we're projecting that onto our clients, that insecurity, but we can own our knowledge and we don't have to be insecure about ourselves because we've actually done a lot of the hard work. We've literally studied for years. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. I, yeah. When you can get to a place, I think where you start to, uh, you start to really appreciate that about yourself and you start to think, Hey, I have done all this hard work. I am, you know, I, I am pretty knowledgeable in this area. I've done at least five to six years of study to get to this point. Yeah. When you can start to own that, like, it, it 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 helps you develop a sense of confidence in yourself. And I don't think I would have got there if I hadn't have um, diversified experience. I think for me, that was important. Mm. But I think there's lots of different ways to get there. I think and p- part of it is that in your 20s, you've got time and you've got energy to figure it out. And that really goes a long way in helping you set you up for success in this field, which is such an exciting field to be in. We're so lucky to be working in this space. Oh, 100%. Well, Kathleen, I think we've covered a lot. We've talked about the advantages, the challenges, and how how you've navigated that, and a little bit about how I've navigated that, and I guess the value that younger psychologists do bring to the profession. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we wrap up? I've just really enjoyed this conversation. I've enjoyed being able to share in this dialogue. And I really hope that this uh, helps or speaks to someone who's a bit unsure or you're feeling a bit confused. I hope this helps. And I think if you're in this job and you're listening to this podcast, you're probably doing really, really well. And um, take time out to really self-congratulate yourself and, uh, and honor the important work that you do. Oh, aren't you so sweet? I feel so happy listening to you. I hope listeners like instill that and carry that with them as well. I think you've given them a great compliment. So thank you so much, Kathleen, for coming on and sharing your professional and lived experience expertise. We really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this chat. No worries. And Kathleen, if listeners want to find more about you or get in touch, where can they find you? Oh, um, yes. Well, sneaky plug, I guess, to the YouTube channel. If you want to come and check out the channel, please do. I've got some really exciting content coming up that I'm keen to share. So you can find my YouTube channel. It's called Kathleen Ann. Uh, and I, I guess all my social media links are on the channel. So go and check it out. And hopefully I can uh, connect with you on that platform. I'm pretty open and I enjoy having conversations with psychologists and students. So Oh, beautiful. Well, I'll put the links in the show notes. So listeners, go have a look at them. Check out Kathleen's channel. It's really good. She has so many good videos. Um, And thank you again, Kathleen, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Listeners, thank you for listening. Have a good one and catch you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Mental Work, the podcast for early career psychologists. If you're loving the show and don't want to miss an episode, press follow on your podcast listening app. If you want to show us some love, consider sharing the episode with a friend or giving us a five-star rating and review in your podcast app. If you want to show us some extra love, join our Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash mentalworkpodcast. This really helps to keep the podcast alive. 
Want to keep the conversation going? Have a cool idea for an episode or just want to say hi? Send me an email or join the Facebook page by clicking on the links in the show description. See you next time.